0: Backroads and trails were made for adventure bikes. You already have the reason. All you need now is a route. And that's just what we have for you today 5,000 miles or just over 8,000 kilometers of backroads and dirt trails taking you from one side of the U.S. to the other. And it's already mapped out and waiting for you. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free. MaxBMW.com. That's M-A-X-B-M-W.com. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easier Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you're going to want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system and will inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio, made in the USA and comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as the MCM top pick in their recent compressor comparison. www.cyclepump.com
1: Sam Manicum, Nick Sanders, Terry Borden, Sandy Borden, Jack Borden, Graham Field, Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray, David Peterson, Rachel, Ed March, Glenn Hexted. Dr. Gregory W. Fraser, Dave Barr, Michelle
0: Lamphere. Tiffany Coates, Herbert Schwarz, Brett Tatts. Zoe Cannell, Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins, Joe Russ. Jeremy Creaker. Simon Thomas,
1: Lisa Thomas,
0: Simon Pavey, Grant Johnson, Robert Witt, Seth Simon,
1: Elizabeth Martin, I'm Carol Deval, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio.
0: Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using their unique strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. And that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com The Moto Breeze Chain Oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com That's two I's in there. TripleW.MotoBreeze.com. www.motobreeze.com oh, if you're looking for a long-distance motorcycle adventure that utilizes mainly back roads and trails, well, you might want to head to the States and try out the Trans America Trail, or the TAT. T A T. On the website, it says that a dual sport motorcycle is required for the more challenging sections and that the best time to do the trail, the entire thing, is probably late June to early September to avoid the snow in some states. The tat stretches from the eastern side of the U.S. all the way over to the west, covering about 5,000 miles or 8,000 kilometers through what we're told is some incredible riding areas. Now, it's a route, so you're going to have to deal with local detours, washouts, road closures, etc., but that's... It's all part of the adventure. Now, what better way to find out about this trail than to talk with someone who has actually ridden it, of course, and we chose to speak with Jenny Morgan. Jenny is a photographer, a writer, a rally racer, and she also works for a company called Rally Raid Products, which we featured on this show some time ago. Jenny has ridden the entire length of the Trans America Trail twice, once in parts, and then another time, all in one shot. And that's quite an accomplishment considering the length of the trail.
1: Uh, My name is Jenny Morgan, Uh, I'm from the UK although I do spend approximately half uh, the year in the United States these days. Um, I'm a freelance photographer and travel writer but I also work for Rally Ray products in the UK um, and help develop their CB500X adventure bike.
0: Jenny, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. Great to have
0: you on. And uh, we we talked um, we just ended up bumping into each other at, at a rally there a few weeks back and you were mentioning that you ran the Trans America Trail.
1: Why That's did you right.
0: why did you do that trail?
1: Well, it's something I'd heard about a number of years ago. Um in fact, the first time I came to the, the US to go adventure riding was in 2007 and I'd spoken to a friend who'd just done that. Um and, uh, and he said, oh, you know, there's this great trail that goes right the way across the country. Now, that first trip that I came there, I didn't, um, had the time to, to do, and it was the wrong time of year as well, to, to ride the America Trail. But I went back subsequently um, and have ridden it, uh, well, I've ridden it all in its entirety twice, but the first time I did it, I had to do it in three sections uh, because of the time of year I was at. Uh, and then more recently, a couple of years ago, I managed to ride it from east to west uh, in, in its entirety.
0: What is the, the total length of the trail?
1: Well, they say that there's differing opinions. They say it's around 5,000 miles, and I would say it's probably pretty close to that. Um, it starts in North Carolina um, and goes all the way to the Pacific coast in Oregon. Um, it doesn't go all the way, certainly on dirt, um, to the East Coast, simply because there's uh, just not the, the, the land access uh, once you get closer to the East Coast. However, um, the nice thing about the Transamerica Trail, where it starts or where the official start is, is very much at the end of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, So if you are wanting to cross the country in its entirety, you can obviously uh, pick up the Blue Ridge Parkway in Virginia, ride the length of that, and that's a beautiful scenic, if you like, warm-up ride. Um, And then you start hitting the dirt once you get into North Carolina.
0: Your idea for riding it this time was more of the sort of a proving thing with your bike.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, As I say, I'd worked with Rally Raid um, over the the previous year developing an adventure conversion kit for the Honda CB500X, and this would give it better off-road ability. And also, because it was higher quality suspension, uh, it gave it better on-road ability too. And I thought that it was an excellent opportunity to prove the all-terrain ability. Of the bike um, the transamerica trail is primarily dirt, dirt roads, gravel roads, and what you 'd call trails OHV trails, and some pretty Rocky sections certainly once you get into Colorado and further west. Um, but equally, the, the whole concept of the Trans America Trail is to really sort of cross the country by the road less traveled. So there are back roads, byways, highways. Um, no major uh, highways particularly, but some really lovely paved roads. And so if you want a dual sport or a you know an adventure bike, it, it's an ideal. Um, Machine to use to ride the Transamerica Trail because you're not um, you know you're not wearing out your knobbly tires on a full-on sort of dirt enduro in that sort of way. So we thought that the that the Transamerica Trail really you know epitomised the whole adventure riding ethos, which is paved, unpaved, gravel, dirt, sand, it gave you a little bit of everything, and um, and also you had a goal because it was a cross-country trip.
0: For those who don't know, I mean, we, we talked a while back, we did a piece on the, the Honda CB500X, talked about the conversion kit that you were involved designing. Just for those who don't know, the, the Honda CB500X, if you look at it when it comes out of the showroom, it doesn't, uh, like to me, it doesn't really look like your, what people market as adventure bikes. And, and you yeah. guys have the the kit that changes that quite a bit.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, but the Honda is, uh, I think it's probably kind to say it's adventure styled. I mean, it does look like it'll do the business. It has a beak, it has a windshield, it has a large gas tank. But if you look more closely at the, certainly at the, um, the chassis of the vehicle—it's it, a very um, road-oriented adventure bike. It has 17-inch cast aluminum wheels, um, doesn't have an awful lot of ground clearance, um, and it's—it's it's a very low-slung sort of—you um, know—it's a very comfortable and, and a wonderful bike to ride. But it's not what you necessarily want to take on anything more than a dirt or gravel road, as standard. However, having ridden the bike, uh, as soon as I managed to ride one uh, in the summer of 2014, so it had been out for about nine months, um, I was amazed at how many attributes good attributes it did have for an adventure bike and when i came back to the uk that summer john at rally raid products and i sort of sat down and drew up a specification that basically gave it two inches more suspension travel and and obviously the associated ground clearance uh, and also fundamentally fitted it with um spoke wheels with a 19 inch front wheel rather than just the 17 inch front wheel which obviously gave you a much wider range of uh, dual sport tires um, and these two major changes um, although they're completely bolt-on and reversible it really has changed the dynamics of the machine completely so yeah. otherwise
0: now, oh, you, Sorry, I, I was just going to say because as far as components change though you got mm. you you've got the the front forks just give sort of a quick list of components because yeah, i don't, th- well, I don't okay. think you're doing so, the rear swing arm are you
1: no 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 i mean again it, we were we were mindful that you wanted to try and keep the machine affordable. So we didn't want to start changing major um, chassis components. So in that regard, we we soon decided we would want to retain the original fork legs, the fork sliders and the fork stanchions, Um, simply from a cost perspective. If you were to change a pair of fork legs, you'd be looking at $1,500 minimum for uh, for a pair of uh, fork legs. And then you'd have all the associated problem with brake discs and calipers and all of these kinds of things. And if you're trying to do it with brand new components, which is obviously what Rally Raid w- would only sell, then, um, you, you know, this was the idea. And as I say, there's nothing really wrong with those components, except the, the internals were very budget. So basically, the, um, the kit replaces all of the internal components of the forks, uh, it gives you new, softer, longer springs. It gives you longer damper rods with built-in shim valving. Um, on the earlier bikes, uh, they didn't have any, even any preload adjustments. So we include preload adjustable uh, fork caps for the forks and at the rear you get a longer shock um but obviously if you want to fit a longer shock onto the bike you also end up having to change the linkage um so to get the additional two inches of travel at the rear it needed a much longer shock which also needed a new uh, dog bone and, and linkage plates and so on um so you've got a much higher end suspension it feels much more like a, a, a sort of dirt bike suspension if you like um you know, or a high end adventure bike, uh, to ride now. And then the wheels, again, the wheels were the perhaps the the, the most tricky thing to design because nobody had a, a wheel that would directly fit into the bike. So John ended up designing and machining his own hubs for the uh, C B five hundred. So um so that was really the the, the main um changes although there's little things that most people may not you know immediately consider obviously you needed a longer side stand because the bike was now two inches higher Um, and also as part of the fork kit we we had to develop a new triple clamp to match the, the, the increase in travel at the front to the increase in travel at the rear so that both ends is now seven inches of travel
0: just at the start here, when you were saying about running the, the Trans America Trail, you were saying that the Trans America Trail sort of is everything that you picture an adventure bike or, or sort of adventure ride it being.
1: Well, I mean, I think the whole point, I, it, it's a rather trite thing to say. I mean, uh, anywhere is an adventure if you've not been there before. I mean, it's what's around the next corner. It, I think the thing that appeals to, to most adventure riders is not necessarily knowing exactly what they're going to come across, whether it's a, a scenic view, whether it's a technical challenging piece of terrain that they've got to ride, whether it's an interesting bar or restaurant or some people that they meet. I mean, there's a whole cross section. And I think... The whole purpose of the Transamerica Trail is to give you a little taste of the United States that you you probably don't see if you just drive across on a a major highway or freeway. Um, You know, you're going particularly in the east, you're going through very small rural towns and villages. Um, Certainly, if you've not crossed the country before, depending on I mean, obviously, I spend a lot of time primarily on the west side of the united states so for me it was a, a very interesting way to see you know rural mississippi tennessee arkansas places like that but you you know unless you had friends or family you were going to go and visit there you may you may never choose to visit these places and you really would be missing out and i think that's what appeals to a lot of people who ride the Trans America trail is they want to say well, what else is here? I mean, whether you're a, a U.S. citizen or whether you're from Europe, I mean, a lot of Europeans come across to ride the Transamerica Trail now. And, um, you know, I think it opens your eyes to, to, to a way of life in America that is the one that you don't see on the television from, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast typically.
0: I just really like the way you said that, because that's really what adventure riding is. It's starting out on the street, possibly, you know, it's heading in to find new places you haven't been to and not being stopped by maybe some adverse conditions, etc. And then coming back, because I think some people get hung up on the fact that they think that maybe it's got to be this bike shod with knobby tires. It's this is a really massive bike, etc. It can be anything. I mean, I mean anything sure. that takes you through all those conditions, is that's, that's sort of your adventure bike.
1: Yeah, I mean I I think that's right. I mean people have ridden the Trans-America Trail on all sorts of machines. I mean Certainly, the most popular is the sort of 650 size um, dual sport. Whether it's a KLR, KTM 690, and Giro is another popular bike, um, but P- and, and the DRZ 400. A lot of people use that kind of bike, or the DR 650 as well. Um, so they've tended to use a more dual sport orientated machine, and that's fair enough because a, a large proportion of the Trans America Trail is unpaved, and some of it, um, you know, particularly further west, can can be quite um, uh, not ch- not challenging like a hard enduro, but it, you know for adventure riding it can be challenging. If you were on a big BMW, certainly one of the the 1200 cc class bikes, you would struggle once you get into the sandy sections in Utah or into the you know some of the rocky passes in Colorado and things like that, for example. So people tend to go for a slightly smaller, lighter weight bike. But conversely, you've got to remember you are riding 5,000 miles at least across the country. And if you've started on the West Coast, you've got to get east. And if you started on the East Coast, you've got to get back home again. So although while some people will ship their bikes on the return leg, um, you know, having a a dedicated dirt bike, trying to do it on something like a, a KTM EXC is hard work. And I think those kind of riders may feel a little bit let down because although there are sections of the tap that are quite technical and challenging, it's really about taking your time and actually absorbing and seeing what you're passing through and, and taking time to, to stop and to take photographs and to also divert off the trail. I mean, one of the things I remember when I met Sam uh, Carrera, the the instigator of the Trans America Trail, he said, he said, you should really use it as a guide. I mean, I think a lot of people say, oh, I've got to ride every inch of this trail and you know, ride it by the road book or ride it by the GPS track and not deviate at all. But that's kind of missing the point because it also not only, I mean, the, the main trail is fabulous, but there are lots of things a little way off the trail, maybe a few miles or a slightly alternative route that you can take that that are equally exciting uh, and perhaps more so. And, um, and another thing that Sam said to me is that it is almost impossible to ride the trail as it's written in its entirety because inevitably over such a long distance, there'll be washouts, there'll be closed roads, there may be trees down. You probably almost have to divert around something. And the circumstances of, of riding a multi-day trip uh, means that inevitably you, you may have to take a shortcut or detour um, or just decide to miss out a section and perhaps do the tourist thing for a day or two, and then pick up the Trans America Trail and continue. And that's very much what it's it's for. It's constantly evolving itself, and it passes through some world class areas that that it's almost a shame to breeze through. And certainly when I've used it, um, I mean, not only have I ridden it um, twice. Fully, But I often use sections of the America Trail when I'm riding in those regions as well, just because they're a great way to get from one part of the state to another.
0: So if you were to sort of try and break it up into sections of maybe
1: a, of difficulty or
0: even interest, could you do that?
1: Well, sure. I mean, I think, as I say, the, the way the, 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 the route has been put together is it starts in the east and ends in the west. Um, Sam's notes and, and, and road books follow that format. Obviously, when he started this, GPS was still in its, um, you know, sort of early stages. Now you can get... maps of the United States on your cell phone, never mind on a dedicated GPS unit. So a lot more people will use the the GPS download of the tracks. And certainly Sam has actually um, split the the different stages, the different legs, if you like, of the route um, into sections state by state now. So if you only wanted to ride maybe two or three of the states at a time, you could just download those sections, do them, then come back and and do more. But I mean, I think if if you do have the time, and I would say that it takes you realistically. It would take you at least a month to to ride it in its entirety. It took me 25 days with one day off in the middle, Um, and I was solo, and I was doing between 250 and 300 miles a day um, on that trip. Now, obviously, if you were riding with friends or you wanted to do some more sightseeing off the main trail, then you've got to allow for that as well. And almost, you need to factor in a little bit of, um, time for things like, I mean, you almost certainly need to change your tires at least once on a cross country trip like that, depending on the bike you're on, you may need to do an oil change at some point and things like that. And there may be, you know, trail damage that you, you need to stop and repair on route as well. So all of these things need to be factored in. Um, so, so yeah, you need to, you need to keep that in mind that it's, a um, you know, it's a month long trip, but if you can, afford the time to do that you'd really do see that progression um, you know it is a, a wonderful journey from from the east side of the united states states to the west uh you start off uh in rural um North Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi, which is relatively flat. There's some lovely tree-lined trails, uh, quite a number of creek crossings, which are kind of fun to to splash through. Um, the only uh, thing you need to be wary of, of course, is the time of year that you do it as well. Although you know it'll take you a month to ride the Trans America Trail, but also which month you choose is going to be. Um, Uh, is going to be dictated very much by the weather Um, and primarily because you pass through a number of the high passes in Colorado you're really looking at sort of mid-July onwards to 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 ensure that the passes are clear and even then I mean I was up there recently this year there's still snow at the side of the trail although all of the actual passes were open at least. Um, and uh, But conversely, obviously, if you're the end of July in Colorado, you're going to be hitting Utah in August. Well, it's over 100 degrees Fahrenheit at that time of year in the desert. So not only are you riding different terrains, but you're having e- extremes of weather uh, typically as well on the America Trail. Um, and certainly if you start much earlier than that, you're Almost certain to to get a little bit wet further east um, and the the sort of the dirt roads and trails that you get in uh, in Mississippi and again in in arkansas and Oklahoma, particularly, if it's been raining there, then the trail just turns to mud. So with a sort of two inches of slime on top of the clay baked trails, which is incredibly difficult to ride a motorcycle on. Um, So, you know, even if you don't have any mechanical issues with your bike, I think almost inevitably you'll end up in a, uh, you know, with a scenario where you are battling the elements as well.
0: You're almost sort of forced to run it east to west if you're going to do the whole thing in the entirety, aren't you? Because a month long to be able to get through the the mountains at the right time, boy, you're you're pretty much stuck doing it in that direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's um, when I rode the Transamerica Trail in 2008, I arrived in September. The first thing I did was take the bike to Colorado and then ride from Colorado back west, which meant I got to ride the high passes before the snow came. Um, and because it was September, it wasn't quite as hot in the desert, although it was pretty much in the 90s when I was in Utah. Um, but as I got, because it was getting towards the end of the year, as I got further west, of course, the Pacific Northwest was, was rainy and cold, and, and certainly Oregon um, was, was, you know, was was very wet and slimy, and there's a lot of forest riding there. So that was, that was hard at work. Um, and then what I did in the in the new year, I rode across the U.S. to the east coast, I went to Daytona Bike Week, for example, so middle of February. And then at the end of February, beginning of March, I started back east – sorry, started back west from the east side um, through Tennessee and Mississippi. But again, that was really much, much too early in the year. Everything was wet, flooded roads. um, The mud was just terrible. It just – you know, you were slithering around. You were getting filthy. So, yes, you do have a a relatively short window if you're going to ride it. Um, And I think, as I say, for anyone who's ridden it, they'll know when you drop down out of the the forests in in, in Oregon and and see the Pacific coast for the first time there, then it's, um, you know, it it really is a a sort of sense of, uh, you know, you you get that sense that you've really achieved, um, that you've really accomplished a. A major journey so i think it, it, it's natural progression certainly is to ride it from east to west but as i say it's not essential these days when you have the gps tracks there's nothing to stop you riding certainly parts of it in the opposite direction um but obviously you're a little bit more on your own then because all of sam's notes and um you know the sort of his, his typical outline for the route is, is based on the east to west direction
0: what parts do you think, or did you, or did you find, aside from the weather? Because obviously, like you're saying, weather yeah. and east can make it very muddy. But what parts do you find the most challenging? So, parts that you would probably want to return
1: to over and over again. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people. It's very. I. It's interesting. I've been speaking to uh, a, a guy who's got a CB 500 X. Actually, he read my ride report that I did a couple of years ago when I rode the CB 500 X across the Trans America Trail, and he said. I've got to do this. And he went out, he bought this CP500, he has fitted the kit to it, and him and two or three other buddies are, are just about to embark on the trip. And, you know, it's very easy to say that, yes, if, if all you want is a, is a if you like, a, a, a dual sport challenge, then then put simply, west of the Rocky, or the Rockies and west is is where it's at. Um, that's not to say there's, there's, you know, there's some actually very interesting riding in Arkansas as well, in the Ozark Mountains. That's that's a really lovely section. And actually, I very much enjoyed riding through rural Mississippi as well in Tennessee. I mean, you know, it's it's a different kind of riding. But obviously, for me, coming from Europe and coming from the UK particularly, riding in the east reminded me a little bit of, of riding in the UK, um, you know, on the dirt roads and trails that we have here. Once you get to Colorado, that's where you've got the majesty of these 12, 13, 14,000 foot high mountains. You know, you've got scenery that is utterly dramatic. And then again, once you get further west from there into Utah, you've got this unique, uh, absolutely stunning desert. Um, geology there that um, is like nothing else in the world. So from a a wow factor point of view, then yes, certainly once you get to Colorado, things really start to become otherworldly. But that's not to dismiss the the, the eastern side of the tat at all. As I say, it's all about building up, and and I think the way that, that Sam's not only directed you to start in the east and finish west, but also the route that he picks. I mean, I remember riding a a couple of sections in, I think it was Tennessee, for example, on little minor roads. And I'm thinking, well, you know, this is OK, but I'm just kind of bobbling along. When when's it going to get exciting? And then suddenly you'd come round a corner and even if you're on a paved road, you'd see a lovely old house or you'd see a, a, a creek or you'd see a a lovely place to stop. And I mean, what, one of my endearing memories is there was a lovely farmstead in, in Arkansas that I remember that was that typical red, Red barn with a windmill. And again, for someone that, that, that hasn't grown up in the rural United States, you know, to me, that was such a, a wonderful thing to see. It was a real, you know, surprise and a real treasure. So I think if you start off the Transamerica Trail with an open mind, um, then you will enjoy all of it. If what you want, though, is a slightly more technical riding challenge, then yeah, I think, you know, Colorado and Utah, um, and now, of course, that the, the Trans America Trail goes up into Idaho as well. That gives you slightly more technical riding, slightly more of a dual sport bias.
0: Let's talk about bike and equipment to run mm-hmm. the TAT. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you, you didn't camp on, on your last run, did you?
1: No, um, because I was blogging this on a, almost on a daily basis, um, I did elect to to stay in motels pretty much every night. I did camp a couple of times, but I, I chose to, and, and I used campgrounds. Now, certainly again, and this is, although, you know, in the world of, internet and free sharing information um, you know tap routes are downloads are available the reason you go back to Sam or the reason that people do um, go to him and and pay for his information is because it's so comprehensive he'll tell you where the fuel stations are he'll tell you he'll recommend places to camp he'll recommend motels and certainly if you want to stick on the trans american trail um, and and if you like camp as much as you can, try and stay as close to the original route. You you do, um, you will need to forfeit um, a comfortable bed from time to time. However, that said, you can also, if you're prepared to perhaps break from the main trail and head north or south 15 or 20 miles off, off the main trail route, you can end up in a town where you'll you'll get a bed for the night. And then you can obviously just retrace your steps and carry on on the tap, which is what I did. I wanted to make sure I rode it as much as I could. In its entirety. So if I ever broke from the main trail, I always returned to that point the following morning and continued. Um, and for me, that was, you know, that was uh, the way I wanted to do it. I was travelling on my own. I was riding solo. I do like, a, and if you're riding 250, 300 miles a day on the dirt, you kind of like a, I like a shower and a bed anyway. But obviously, if you were riding in a group, you may feel that that actually there's no need to do that and that you could set up camp. And certainly, again, once you get A little bit further west, there's plenty of opportunities for wild camping on BLM land and there's campgrounds um, every so often as well. So you, you really do have a lot of flexibility when it comes to overnight accommodation.
0: So aside from the suspension setup that we already talked about on your bike, what, what did you have set up for luggage and what did you carry with you on the TAT? Or what, at least what do you feel that others should carry? I think you carry a teddy bear and I, I don't think that's really required <laughs> by everybody. He's a
1: little piglet. Yeah, well, that's right. He comes in my bag. Right. No, I mean, I, I think primarily for, um, for the TAT, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like you're t- teaching people to suck eggs, but start off with a bike that's, that's reasonably well prepared and maintained start off with fresh tires start off with a new chain of sprockets start off with fresh brake pads and those should really see you through to the end of the trans america trail there's no reason as i say depending on what tire brand you choose you're probably going to need at least one rear tire and, and quite possibly a front tire too before you you ride the whole um whole length of the of the trail and as i say although i didn't intend to camp i did always take my camping kit with me on the Transamerica Trail because you never know when you might end up in a situation where you've got to stop overnight at the side of the trail. And conversely, you may find a spot that you think, you know what, this is so beautiful. I I want to wake up here in the morning and you just decide to camp um, for the sake of it. And certainly I always have um, coffee brewing facilities and, um, uh, you know, energy bars and and, and snacks and things with me. So I can always have a, a sort of modest evening meal or breakfast before i continue on and i always if i do that then i always treat myself with a, either a nice lunch or a, a, a breakfast if i find a diner on um you know the following morning so yes you, you know prepare to be flexible um you know take tools that you can obviously your main concern is probably going to be a puncture i think it is with most dual sport riders and so make sure you've got a puncture repair kit and you know how to change a tire in the field as well it's very easy doing it on a square of carpet on your garage floor but it's very different doing it in the rain and two inches of mud in Mississippi so you know be be, be confident that you can change a flat tire and then you have uh, the facility to to blow the tire up again um and then just take those kind of basic trail tools that you take to, to get you going again I mean because both John at Rally Raid and myself come from a rally racing background. We have over the years, if you like, refined our own personal toolkit. And the ethos is very much to get you going again, to get you to a place of safety. No one's expecting you to to change a piston or or even change a clutch out in, in on the Trans America Trail, although it's it, it is a good idea perhaps to take a spare cl- clutch plate depending on which bike you're using. Um, just in case you've, you've burnt your clutch out and you need to to, to effect a, a sort of temporary repair. But on the whole, it's those tools that will get you going again. So zip ties, quick steel, um, duct tape, all of those kind of things. Um, spare chain link, for example. Um, you are riding a, a, a high proportion of dirt, so things like that. You know, the, the kind of things that, that you may come across on a on a weekend's trail ride. If you imagine you're doing that. 10 times in a row. And that's pretty much uh, the equipment that you need to take. But you certainly don't need to take a huge number of spare parts. I mean, again, the good thing about the Transamerica Trail, although it stays off the beaten track, you're never all that far from a town. um, And in this day and age, you know, if there is a a major problem with a part, you can normally get it UPS to you in in a couple of days. So, um, and also the other thing that's quite nice about the Trans America Trail, and again, a, a reason for using Sam's notes and, and information, is there are various places along the route that over the years have become, um, you know, places of pilgrimage almost for tap riders. They'll stop off there. They'll be able to camp overnight. Um, I stopped, for example, recently at the Three Step Hideaway, which is a, a camping and cabin uh, facility facility just on the uh, Colorado and Utah border. And the couple that run that are complete enthusiasts for the Transamerica Trail, and they have uh, riders arrange to ship tires and things to them there and then they can they can use their workshop space to to prepare their bikes for the for the you know for the ongoing journey so there's a lot of facilities along there you know you're not uh, you can be as remote or not as you want to be if you want to go into a town every night and and get a mcdonald's or, or certainly a hamburger at a, a an independent diner you can do that and conversely if you want to spend the whole time on the trail camping you can also do it that way or a mixture of both
0: did you have cell service the whole way?
1: No, not at all. Um, you do, it, again, when you pass a little bit closer to civilization, uh, you pick it up. And amazingly, you can pick it up on the top of a mountain in Colorado sometimes. Uh, you know, the, the, there's no hard and fast rule there. I mean, a lot of people, again, with the advent of technology, when I first rode the Trans America train in 2008, there were things like the Spot and the Delorme in Reach and so on. Now you have these facilities that you know, that you can call the emergency services um, or just text back home to friends, whether it's to say I'm OK or I've got a problem. Can you ship me something? You know, all of these things. So um, it's I would never say um, don't. You, you know, I wouldn't say it's essential to have that device, but I wouldn't, you know, I certainly wouldn't say that it's not. I mean, that you know, you utilize the technology that's out there to make the trip as painless as possible. Because, as I say, inevitably, over a, a journey of such distance, things are going to go what, you know, something's going to go wrong. In, it's certainly in your mind. I mean, other people might be able to deal with things a lot better than others. But, you know, on the whole, it, it, it would be very difficult to ride the whole of the Transamerica Trail without having an issue that you have to overcome and that's part of the adventure you know if it was you know you're not just riding around a, a motocross track for, for four weeks in a row you know you're actually crossing through very different terrain different temperature and and uh, weather environments um and, you know, that that's, you know, you need to be prepared for that, that, you know, you need to, to, it's not, there's not a safe bubble that you can travel in.
0: You know, as far as technology goes, I know some people will say, well, you know, people have been riding around the world for years before this technology and they did it without it. You know, why do you need it now? But the thing is, like, you think of when, you know, Ted Simon rode around the world, for instance, not necessarily the first, but one of the most notable. He had the latest greatest probably at the time, right? And, and um, to not take it to ignore that it's there is, is sort of foolish, I think, in, in some cases.
1: I, th- I think it is uh, to, to a degree it is. I mean, like I said, I use a, a modern fuel-injected two-year-old Honda. That's my travel bike. Um, I have a you know a, an iPhone and things like that now. I don't use a spot personally. I did use a spot on that trip. In 2015, when I did the Trans America Trail, but that's primarily because people back home were following me, and also people online because I was keeping this daily blog up. They wanted to see how how I was progressing. But I don't personally feel a spot is essential. Um, it's a nice thing to have, though, um, and uh, and the same thing with with the bike. I mean, Ed March, who is known around the world for riding around the world on a Honda C90, you know, effectively a Honda Trail um you know he has ridden the trans america trail him and his partner rachel rode it a couple of years ago and um you know he did it on a c19 moped um but he didn't do it in 25 days <laughs> you know it took him months and i think that's the point the 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 technology is there for you to utilize um, as you wish, if you're on a limited time frame, and most of us are, even if you have been able to take a month or even five weeks off work, I would say if you if you really want to get the most out of the Transamerica Trail and you do want to ride from the East Coast to the West, so including things like the Blue Ridge Parkway, maybe riding Deals Gap, um, you know, the Tail of the Dragon, that's right at the end of the Blue Ridge Parkway. And again, just half a day's ride from the beginning of the TAT. You know, these are you know, renowned, world-class motorcycling destinations. Um, It's a shame just to blast straight through them and not really appreciate them. And the other thing that the TAT does, which I appreciated more and more, having ridden it a second time now, is that Sam's very clever in routing it, not only to to send you down some entertaining unpaved roads and, and dirt trails, but it also goes very close to a number of what I would call tourist destinations. For example, um, when you're in Tennessee, it's within a few miles of Lynchburg, which is where the Jack Daniel's distillery is. Now, I would say to anybody doing that section of the Trans America Trail, make sure you spend, you know, give yourself half a day, go for lunch in Lynchburg, go to the free tour that takes you around the distillery. It's it's a wonderful. Um, uh, you know attraction, if you like, and you know you learn a lot about it. Similarly, when you before you go into Mississippi, um, you are very close to Memphis. Um, you know, if you want to go to Graceland and things like that, take half a day off the Trans America Trail and, and and do that sort of thing. Similarly, once you get to Colorado, Pikes Peak is only a couple of hours' ride off the main Tat trail well if you've never been to the top of pikes peak again it's not only one of the great motorcycling roads to ride up and down but it it's, it's a, you know it's a stunning tourist attraction as well so all of these things um you know can be incorporated into a, a Tat ride but that can, that's going to mean that you it's going to take you longer inevitably to to do it i mean one thing that i was particularly pleased with when i rode in 2015 um, Sam had spent the previous year or two revising a number of sections further west. Um, as I mentioned earlier, because you really need to leave it to July to ride the Colorado sections, it means it's hellishly hot in, uh, in the desert once you get into Utah, and particularly Nevada as well. There's a long section that, runs, that, that ran, I would say, diagonally across northern Nevada, which was very remote. Um, there wasn't a lot of fuel. If you were on a large bike, and particularly with a lot of luggage, a lot of people struggled in that section. But that's not to say that you um, wouldn't want to ride that. But what Sam's done now is he's actually routed you further north along the Utah Nevada border. So you go past Bonneville Salt Flats, which again, if you're there, around early September. You may get to see some of the Speed Week testing going on. It then goes around the top of Great Salt Lake and goes past Promontory Summit, uh, the Golden Spike um, uh, National Monument where the, the Union Pacific and Central Pacific Railroads were joined up. And that's a fantastic thing to spend a couple of hours looking at with these replica steam engines that actually run each each day, which is, is fabulous. And then again, so there's all these little interesting, um, you know, if you like, what I would call traditional tourist attractions off the tat route that if you've never seen them before, it's the perfect opportunity to – you know, just to take a break from the riding and actually um, you know, enjoy what these remote locations that you probably otherwise never choose to visit individually, but because you can string them all together on the Trans America Trail, it's it's a perfect opportunity to really indulge yourself.
0: I'm curious, going back to equipment. I know that you do day trips with your your all your tools and everything stuck under your seat, no panniers. What do you have for a tire inflator?
1: Right. I use one of the best rest um, The 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 cycle, what they call it. Uh, that's what I use as well. That fits
0: under your seat.
1: It does. I mean, again, another thing that that wasn't the reason we chose the bike but was a nice surprise when we um you know once we started poking around the cb500 is that it has quite a lot of space under the under the seat so you can fit the best rest cycle pump under there i have three motion pro tire irons the ones that have the uh, wheel nut wrench on the end those fit under there as well along with a motion pro tool and, and some other wrenches um and you can squirrel away you know quick steel i've got a little bottle of um soapy water that i use for tie lube that fits in there another little bottle with um with some grease in it um so all of these things can be fitted in under the seat what i have started to do on this most recent trip when i saw you in canada recently um i have decided to take a a five millimeter and this is specific obviously to my um cb500 a five millimeter allen wrench and an eight millimeter um uh, ring spanner, only because if you do drop the bike, for example, you can adjust most of the handlebar controls with those two tools and those just fit in your jacket pocket, you know. So if you do need to make any adjustments to the clutch lever or the, you know, you, you need to a screw that's come loose then you can pretty much do that and that's why something like the motion pro tool is, is trail tool is, is such a good thing because it it fits in a tiny pouch that can fit in your jacket pocket or in your backpack so you don't necessarily have to unpack the whole bike if you just need to make a quick adjustment so something like that is um you know, it's, it's worth considering. But uh, as I say, you don't need to be able to fully service your bike on the Trans America Trail. I think if you if you do, you probably want to choose a different bike to do it on because um, there shouldn't be any reason that you need to to do anything other than change change oil and change your tires on on a trip of that length.
0: Is there anything else that you learned on the the Trans America Trail that you think that, that someone should know if they're about to run it?
1: Um it 's very hard to say, I mean, I think people start the trans America trail with um, different intentions, as I say. I know a number of people that feel they 've got to almost treat it like it 's a month long rally raid they 've got to ride every inch of the road book and they don 't want any penalties. Um, but to me, you know, having done it now, and certainly the as I say that I did it in almost in reverse, the first time I did it, I, I had to do it in three separate sections, and certainly a lot of the motivation in 2015 was to go back and to ride it in its entirety. And I, you know, I, I freely admit to that, that for me, that was, um, you know, p- part of the attraction was I was riding it at the time of year that, that I could ride the whole thing. But as I said, inevitably I got, um, I had to reroute due to flooding in, um, in Oklahoma and, and, and in, uh, Mississippi, um, and the only other problem that I had, say, when I did it in 2015, I was, um, uh, it was still uh, late June that I was doing it in. Um, although I managed to get through Cinnamon Pass, which is nearly 13,000 feet high, Now that one tends to be ploughed, as does Engineer Pass. Unfortunately for the west from there, California Pass was still blocked through snow. You could see up the valley that the snowplow had gone a certain distance and then just clearly given up and reversed because um, there was far too much snow there. But conversely, on my way back, from canada this this last month um i was able to ride all of those passes in its entirety so again um you know technically i didn't ride every inch of the transamerica trail in 2015 but i have now joined up those dots by returning to it and i think that's the other thing that, that people will take away from it if you do decide to ride it end to end you'll then go back again ride parts of it maybe incorporate some alternative routes i mean certainly in colorado um over the years the the Trans-America Trail route has changed. It used to um, take in um, Tomichi and Hancock passes. Uh, those now are not county-maintained, uh, and they're also very rocky. Um, certainly if you were on a large bike, I rode them this summer on my uh cb500 but anything larger than that you would really start to struggle i think um a lot of atvs and side-by-sides uh rental vehicles you seem to use those trails now and they're they're pretty rough terrain um so the the, the TAT route the official TAT route stays south of of highway 50 there and passes there are easier on larger bikes very scenic as well but there are also tin cut paths imaging paths that you mentioned as well um, you know that you may want to incorporate into your own Trans America trail ride and i'd certainly encourage you to do that if you have the time uh, as i say it's fun to stick to the the trail um but also you know you may have your own personal preference and want to reroute off
0: jenny always great talking to you thank you very much
1: oh it's great just chat to you as well jim
0: that was british rally racer jenny morgan you can find out more about jenny at www.jennydakar.com and of course that link is in our show notes we're going to take a one minute break and be right back we're going to talk with brad barker who's actually riding his motorcycle on the tat while we record very cool stay with us So, over the past few weeks, I've been riding in Ontario, Canada, and for those that know Ontario Trails, mud is everywhere, and it sticks to everything, but it doesn't stick to my IMS Products Rally foot pegs. Why? because IMS designs their foot pegs using what they call is a watershed design, meaning that they're designed to help prevent clogging. And one hour in this mud will make you appreciate this feature. And it's just one of the aspects of design that goes into IMS products. Hey, IMS has been around since 1976. And over that time, they've developed a huge following for their tough, reliable, well-designed racing products. And now you can have some of that high quality feel, where you need it the most your foot pegs ims has a complete line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs for riders just like you and me prove it to yourself visit them at www.imsproducts.com and of course anytime you're dealing with them be sure to mention adventure rider radio when you make contact with them www.imsproducts.com Motorbird Adventures is motorcycle tours for women by a woman. And that woman that runs Motorbird Adventures is Carrie Doherty. Motorbird Adventures is located in California, and here's what's coming up for them. And by the way, if you had book early to make sure you get space, September 30th to October 3rd, um, they're going to be exploring twisty roads of Marin and Sonoma Counties. And they're covering over 300 miles on this one. They're staying in luxury airstreams in a hotel, um, a five-star or Michelin-star restaurant. Uh, They're going to have a day at the spa, this is great if you're looking to go out with a bunch of like-minded bikers. Again, October 20th to 24th, they're going to be exploring the central coast of California on paved roads. Over 700 miles, staying at cabins, a historic hotel, um, wine pairing, a vintage uh, motorcycle museum. A lot to check out. Drop by the website, www.motobirdadventures, www.motobirdadventures. And of course, make sure you tell her that you heard her here on Adventure Rider Radio.
2: I'm Brad Barker, and I host a web series called "The Ride of My Life." Hey, Jim! Oh man, can you hear me? Okay,
0: I can hear you now.
2: I'm actually, I'm actually on the bike in my helmet right now <laughs> in uh, in the National Historic uh, District of uh, Colorado. I just came down from Engineer Pass, and. Um, and that's where I am.
0: What exactly are you doing right now?
2: Uh, I'm on the Trans America Trail. And, um, and it's an unbroken dirt road from, from Cape Hatteras Lighthouse on the Outer Banks to Port Orford, Oregon. And it's, it, I think it's the biggest adventure ride you can do in our country, in the United States. It, it's 5,800-plus you know, miles from North Carolina's Outer Banks to the oregon coast and it's largely off-road or at least that's what it's billed as and now that i'm on it wow it's a little little different than it's advertised i gotta say
0: well i was gonna ask why you would ride it but um that's probably a stupid question
2: well why why would anyone why does anyone do any of the stuff we do or any of the stuff that's featured on on your show it's just a thing that's out there that people do and um there's not a lot of people that do it on these big adventure bikes. And I, I had just gotten the new BMW uh, GS 1200 Rally Edition, which is their 2017 uh, off-road bike. And um, and it's just, I've got it set up so well, Jim. I mean, my gosh, this is this is the bike right now. Uh, it's dialed.
0: Now, did you have a 1200 before that?
2: Yeah, I had a 14 1200. mm And, um, and I love that bike. That's the one that's in all my videos. And, uh, except for the first video that I did where I went to India there, I was on a Royal Enfield, Mm -hmm. but all of the other videos we've done subsequent to that have all been on that 1200. And, um, and so now with this new GS rally, they've set it up a little different. It's got higher suspension. It's got the GS adventure suspension on it, but it's got the skinnier tank like the, like the 14 does. Um, and it, it can't go quite as far as the adventure, but that's okay because most of the guys that I ride with don't have the GS adventure bike. So we all get gas together. And, uh, when they get gas, I get gas. So I haven't had any, any gas issues, knock on wood. And, um, and we're, we're more or less the halfway point, uh, in between all of the different mountain passes here in Colorado, I got 14ers on either side of me. And, um, and I'm honestly, I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm watching the storm of Noah come in. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> I'm gonna get the, the sap knocked out of me here. Any, Very right
0: cool. Now. So you're using your headset right now? Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm on the the. I use I use a Cena 10C for for all my little all my little films, and how, that's how I talk to the guys. And um, it gets about a quarter mile range, and um, and we can we can set up, and whoever's up on in front can let the guys in the back know what's coming. And for filming, we can we, we can coordinate a little bit better that way as well, uh, so that uh, so that we can say on your markets set go and and you know we're not we're not burning disk space, which is a premium when you're traveling like we are.
0: This is so cool, you know, the technology nowadays, the thing that you're riding along. So you're actually riding the Trans-Canada Adventure, or Trans-Canada, boy, let me back that one yeah. up again.
2: If soon, you're, soon, <laughs> soon. I want to I come up. You should. I want
0: to ride that with you. you I, I would definitely do that. And I'll tell you, the thing with the Trans-Canada Adventure Trail, I think it's probably going to be rougher maybe than what you're experiencing. But, but you just finished saying that it didn't, it's not living up to, uh, to its, its description. Are you saying it's worse?
2: No, it's, it's, it's really, really, really boring, Jim. I mean I'd love to tell you that we that we're sleeping face down in a cactus and you know we're slaying dragons left and right and, and, and we're riding through the, the mountains of Mordor from Lord of the Rings but but, but when you when you think about it, it, it this this course this this route was not designed for that. I mean if you look at the old Pony Express trail or the Trail of Tears or the the trails that um, that Eisenhower set up to move military troop from one side of the country to the other, you know, Sherman tanks don't like twisties. Um, and, the, the, the trail of tears is, um, that's where they marched all of the native Americans to from their, their homeland. And that's a, that was a direct route as well. Wide open dirt and gravel roads with, with very little technical off camber, uh, you know, fun <laughs> riding. It's 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 quite monotonous and, and and quite boring until you get to Colorado. Now, once you get to the eastern slopes of the Colorado Rockies, it's almost like someone hit a light switch. I mean, you got Engineer Pass, you've got you've got uh, Black Bear Pass, you've 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 got some amazing uh, country roads that are just just amazing scenery to behold. For one thing, but but the 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 level of, of, of um, uh, technical ability that you got to have on these things is not for the faint of heart. This, uh, this one that I'm about to do right now that I'm at the base of, and I don't want to lose connectivity with you, is EmoGene, uh, which is right in between um, Marshall Pass. Uh, it's right after Marshall Pass and Engineer Pass. You then go up EmoGene. And uh, gosh, it's fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm at the base of it right now, and it looks like a movie set. It looks like some CGI mythical medieval lord of the rings if a dragon flew by uh, I'd, I'd i'd share it with you but i would not be surprised if bigfoot walked out of the, the pine trees here this is where you'd see him. And, and and these trails are for off-road riders and mountain bikers and side-by-side riders and we're seeing all kinds of jeeps and land rovers on the trail it, it, it's been it's been quite busy
0: I actually went through that pass only in four-wheel drive. Oh, boy, it's got to be 25-plus years ago now. I imagine it's changed lots. We didn't see a lot of vehicles then. Is there a lot of people there now?
2: Well, there's a lot of people there now. Uh, one of the guys that I'm with, uh, he, he does this route regularly, and, and he believes that, that they've improved it. They've widened it a little bit. They've smoothed out some sections. It's still got my heart rate up, and there's a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a hickey on my motorcycle seat from a couple of moments, uh, (laughs) that were sort of gravity research, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, um, there, there are some sections where you have several hundred feet of exposure on, on either side and, uh, and there's no guardrail. I mean, if there's a high penalty if you, if you slip and it's wet and these rocks are, they get real slimy in, um, in this rain, and uh, and so you gotta mind your p's and q's when you go through it. And of course, we're all filming it. We've all got the the Senate 10 C, and um and we're filming each other going through it. And it's it, it's absolutely absolutely stunning. Now, if if I was to encourage someone to go do the Trans America Trail, I would say start in Colorado and then go down to Utah and then Nevada and then Idaho, and then Oregon. Uh, the the eastern side. I mean, to say you did it is is one thing, and that's kind of. That's kind of what we're doing, and in hindsight, not really how I'd want to be spending my time. But we're we're punching the ticket, checking the box, and saying that we did it. But man, if you want to do some serious adventure riding and really challenge your your technical ability, Trans America Trail here in Colorado will do it. Uh, a lot of the Colorado backcountry discovery route uh, overlaps a lot of this, so you could very easily just go grab the the Colorado BDR. Uh, and, and do that and, and be just as happy.
0: So you guys are filming now, but you, you don't have a film crew with you like you normally do.
2: No, I've got, uh, I've got some friends with me. Uh, I got uh, Josh Rallo, who uh, uh, is, is a great rider and, uh, and, and pretty good with a, with a still camera, and he's learning how to uh, take video. And, and uh, Eli Girard, he's done a couple things with me. He did a, a, a little episode with me where we visited CLIMB, uh, and, uh, and, and he contributed a whole lot to the videography of that, but, but both, both of these guys are, 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 very good adventure bike riders. That's their, that's their deal. They are, they are both, uh, more proficient on an adventure bike than I am. Uh, I just got this story, uh, this ride of my life thing. And, um, and so they're, they're kind of piggybacking on that. and We're all having some fun together, trying to, trying to see what we can see and, and tell a little bit of a story on what people could do on the trans trail.
0: So when will this film be up?
2: Well, you know, uh, I'd kind of like to finish it. I mean, this is the first time I'm really uh, talking about something in mid, in, in mid production. Yeah. Before you and, do um, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Josh and I have been at it for, for two and a half weeks and Eli just hit up uh, at, uh, joined up with us in Colorado at Woody's wheel works. There was, you know, uh, Woody's wheel They make these really cool adventure motorcycle rims. They're, Sure. Reinforced and they yeah, titanium had the and super light. And yeah, so we uh, on Saturday was the second annual Woody Stock, if you will, and um, had a bunch of live bands play in his backyard, and everybody camped out, and it was it was just a cool little motorcycle Woodstock. And um, and Eli came in for that, and then um, and then he joined up with uh, with Josh and I, so he's pretty much tour guide and taking point, letting us know what we're about to see uh only challenge there is that you know we're trying to stay on the trans america trail and eli's just like well over here we got this and it's way better and over here we got that <laughs> you know that's where jesus lost his sandals and over here we got this And I'm like Eli, we just got to stay on the route just because we want to get this thing done man and you just got here <laughs> so so it's kind of fun and and he's um you know, he's another just fabulous rider and he, he's a he's a good friend as well so we're having a blast out here
0: so you're running a contest with this as well tell me about that
2: Well, um, so The Ride of My Life has been going on for about three years. And, of course, I I wouldn't be able to fund all of this by myself because, uh, you know, I'm not independently wealthy. But uh, the sponsors really help with uh, offsetting the cost of these productions. And, And we obviously showcase their gear on The Ride of My Life web series. So the challenge is we call, we're calling it the Trans America Challenge. And I've got the new Garmin InReach. It used to be called the Delorme InReach, but they just got acquired by Garmin. And that will drop a breadcrumb, a footprint, about every 10 minutes of where we are. And if you can find us on the trail, what you got to do is take a, a selfie with me and my brand new bike with all the sponsor gear on it, and then you post it on Instagram, and then you put a couple of hashtags on it that are on my website, therideofmylife.net, and if you post it on Instagram and get 20 of your friends to like it, then you get entered into the contest and you can win all kinds of cool gear from Climb and Black Dog Cycle Works and Alt-Rider and uh, Moto Skivies and Moscow Moto. And, and these are all companies that have supported us for years. They're super premium brands in the adventure motorcycling world. Everybody knows who they are. Uh, other than Climb, uh, who was just recently acquired by Polaris, uh, they're all... Bon pop bootstrap small companies. So we're just trying to give them a little bit of love. Somebody who designs and manufactures some this stuff, uh, is a rider. Uh Pete Nashley from Moscow, Curtin Martha from Black Dog, Jeremy LeBretton from All Rider. I mean, these guys all ride, and when they're not at work, they're on a bike. And so they understand and have experienced the type of unique <laughs> challenges that adventure riders run into on the trail. And they, uh, as as riders, went into the marketplace to try to find something that um, that would solve that problem, and they couldn't find it. So they said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to build it. And, uh, and so it's a very, very uh, small, tight-knit community of these OEM partners that you'll see at any of these adventure rallies. And, and man, we just want to thank them by... Showing their gear on our bikes and giving out free gear on the trail. If you are brave enough to venture out into the Trans America Trail and and find us,
0: well, it should be pretty simple. I mean, you just find where you are and uh, and plan the meetup. I, th- I think people can do that.
2: Uh huh. So simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we so... had one guy one guy drive up from from Texas to find us, and he he ran into us. Uh, and he just l- laid in like a, like a hide, like a, like a, uh, like a hunter in a, in a duck blind and just waited for us with his camera out. And, and it was, it was awesome. He's come the furthest, uh, his name's Jordan and he's, um, I was impressed that somebody took it that seriously and, and went for it. So we've had, uh, we've had about a uh, half a dozen people find us on the trail and, uh, and do what they needed to do. But now we're in Colorado, the second half. We're now in a super high, concentrated uh, part of the country for adventurizing. I didn't expect anybody to come find me in Mississippi or Oklahoma because that's just you know you're just riding through a cornfield for days. Uh, and and that's that's just that's just monotonous. But now we're in this. Uh, I'd really love to entice people to come out and see if they can't find us, just to get off the couch and come experience some of this amazing riding
0: so you guys are going to be on the trail for what another two two and a half weeks
2: yeah you know i, I don't know i mean it, it took us forever to get across oklahoma jim because you you go like 20 miles an hour because you can't that mud that mud will 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 kill you it's demoralizing uh it, it'll mess with your clutch it'll mess with your brakes it, it it's just it's just less than fun i like that and, demoralizing
0: um, that really describes no, it too
2: it's just it's just the worst you know you think it's worse than riding on ice
0: yeah
2: um, ha- has my voice changed a little bit yeah, in the last, it is. What'd you but sec- oh, oh, i just closed my shield sorry okay cuz i'm i'm actually underway right now i'm going to probably disappear disappear into the mist here i'm i'm now leaving the town i've got about i got about 3 bars of service so i'm going to get up into the foothills here i'm sure it's going to start breaking up but i can't tell yeah, you i can
0: hear your engine in the background okay
2: good so yeah this is the um, brand new bmw gs rally 2017 and what you're hearing that's the new remus exhaust system and, and that thing just makes this thing sound so awesome
0: what, okay what tires do you have on that
2: i'm i'm riding the continental tkc 80s that's my favorite tire and has been ever since i started riding this bike and um we we started the trip in, in the Outer Banks area of North Carolina, and there was just so much pavement in the beginning section of this ride, I probably would have gone with a TKC70 or a little bit more street-centric tire because, you know, T Continental hasn't won any awards for their durability. Of I mean, these are fast-wearing tires, but they are the safest and the grippiest for these adventure bikes. So, man, um, once you get into the dirt, that's the tire you want. But the first... Two thirds of this ride thus far to Colorado has been unimproved pavement, uh, gravel roads, and actual, you know, pavement, you know, blacktop. So it's not an off-road ride. The Trans America Trail is is not off-road, but when you get to Colorado, everything dramatically changes, and and you better. You better know what you're doing on an adventure bike because the, the consequences are hardly certain and the penalty is high.
0: So are you actually starting to climb upward now? Or are you still in the town?
2: No, no. The town is, uh, I'd say, about 10, uh, maybe 10 minutes behind me. And, uh, and I'm in the twisties. I, I've got nothing but uh, alpine forest around me. It's just evergreen. I can look up and see the timber line right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going up uh, um, Mineral Farms. Uh, area. If you're familiar with the area, I'm I'm going up Engineer Pass right now, and um and this is uh just this is why you buy a motorcycle of this kind to go here where I am right this very second. There's nobody around, just evergreen trees, gravel road, and I'm looking at my uh, GPS, and it's just it's just switchbacks, it's just twisties, and and I have to look almost straight up to see the sky because the pine trees are obscuring me to the left and the, the, the sheer mountain rock is obscuring my view to the right. So I'm, I'm just in a channel right now.
0: And it's a skill, isn't it, too? I mean, you, you've got to work the motorcycle to get it through this stuff. It's not like if you were driving a 4x4, you just drive up it.
2: Well, I mean, the, the, the 4x4s are having their challenges, too. I mean, all these guys are on their, on their uh, you know, no one's, wearing, no one's riding a stock uh, a vehicle up here. Everything's modified. Everything's got got balloon tires that are really low uh, tire pressure. Uh, they, they look they look like um, they look like they all got flat tires, and and they've got high suspension. Nobody comes up here for for an afternoon picnic with the kids. This is not that kind of not that kind of
0: route. And you're in a storm right now. You, it looks like a storm's coming in. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, it's it's been, it's i feel like uh schlepprock from uh from the flintstones that that guy with the thundercloud over him <laughs> all the time That's yeah. that's that's me for like the last couple days uh josh and i have been running from lightning storms uh for for some time now and um and, yeah, my, my uh, visor's fogging up a little bit because, you know, I usually don't do this, this much talking when I'm riding. But uh, I'll just crack it a little bit. It might, might change my voice. But, yeah, it's coming down. Uh, uh, there's puddles left and right. It makes the dirt real real slippery, and it makes these this granite rock real slimy. It's real slick on knobby tires. And, um, and uh, the visibility up to my right is starting to get obscured because you can – it comes in in sheets, Jim. It's um, – it's, it's not just a, you know a, a summer drizzle this is a this is a storm I don't know if you can get on uh, NOAA radar or anything and, and check out uh, uh, engineer pass but I'm it's red right now on my uh, on my radar screen so it's gonna get worse before it gets any better and uh, it's starting to it's starting to affect visibility
0: very cool because right now where I'm recording it is teeming down rain and there's thunder and lightning so I can really feel it it adds to the whole ambiance yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah, there's there's lightning in the distance. Right when the storm is coming in, uh, that's where you start to get the electrical storm and the uh, lightning and thunder. Maybe we can crack one off here while I'm talking to you. But it's been thunder and lightning pretty much the pretty much the whole time I've been talking to you. But now I'm in it. Now that I've, now I've left the town, and risen up into the elevation a bit. Uh, now now I'm in the thick of it, and it's it's still pretty good quality road. It's just Jeep two track, and I'm I'm just. Uh, I'm on the right-hand side, uh, just in the tire track of what would be where I'd be following a, a vehicle. I'm just in the right-hand tire track, and, it, and it's just awesome. My goal right now is to, is to find uh, Eli and Josh. Uh, I told them to go on ahead because I was having a problem with my, uh, with my iPhone. I decided I needed to crack the screen and you can't really have a, an Instagram contest if you don't have access to Instagram. So I had to go to, uh, one of those little cell phone stores, get that, that repaired. So I, I'm going to try to pick up some speed, or at least that was the plan. Uh, uh, and, and, then and then meet up with them tonight or tonight or tomorrow morning. But I'm, I'm running solo now. And, uh, it looks like, it looks like we got some gates in front of me with a closed. Br- oh no, there's a nice little bailout. Okay. I can go around that. Um, can you uh, can you hear the, <laughs> the motor working? <laughs> I can hear it.
0: It sounds great,
2: <laughs> Jim. You would you would not believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna record right now. I'm on. Okay, I'm recording you now, Jim. And now okay. you're on my show. I'm on this. I'm on this ledge, and on the left hand side is got to be a four to five hundred foot drop down to a river. Wow! And and i'm recording you right now so you're going to be in the episode <laughs> but this is just a sheer drop straight down and you're going to watch this episode and remember the conversation i had with you <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> to my right it's just sheer sheer cliff and then it levels off to this trail that i'm on and then to my left it go, just goes straight down again uh, so yeah this wow. is a uh, that's really neat because we've been talking
0: we've been talking since you left town and you're riding up and it I mean, that, that is really cool about technology
2: yeah, and, and uh, just ten minutes from the town, you've got this, and and you know this look this could be this could be something out of a John Krakauer movie right here. This could be Into Thin Air, <laughs> it, it, right here.
0: You had to go around a gate.
2: I had to go around a gate. I had to go around a little gate, and um and it, it looks like a uh, it was um like a footpath or something, and um and and, and you know, I just went around it as as many have before me, and probably will after me. I think it was just like a little bailout you're See?
0: sure you're not lost, right
2: oh no i'm on the I'm on the trail. I've got really good GPSs from uh from Sam uh, Carrero, who's the guy that uh the guy that created the trans american trail, and uh, he gave us all of the tracks okay, so now i got a now I got a waterfall here and a water crossing that I'm going through, okay, or through, but yeah. We're in the middle of it. <laughs> this is this is it. I wish I was with the uh, with the guys, because um, then we could be getting all kinds of angles and hearing their chatter as they're seeing this for the first time. Because uh, Eli knows the route, but but Josh has never been up here. And I certainly haven't been up here.
0: And are they camping?
2: Yeah, we're all camping.
0: Oh, nice. We're not uh,
2: we're not doing the we're not doing the hotel thing, Jim. We're adventure riders. Uh, can you you can hear me, okay?
0: you're You're still fine. Like, I don't know where they've got their cell tower, but you're doing great right now.
2: Uh, I don't even get it because this could be when you see where I am when I, when I put the segment in with with you and I talking, this is <laughs> it, I don't it looks remember like no one has ever been here.
0: I don't remember the pass in particular. I remember Black Bear Pass pretty well, but I don't remember Imogene Pass very well, but um we did do it. But like I say, it was a long time um, ago. Do
2: you know where the town of Uray is? Yeah. That's where I came out of. That's where I was talking to you.
0: Yeah, I think I can picture it. And then I went up it. from
2: Ooray to Engineer Pass.
0: Yeah, I think I think I can picture it, because you're into some real, like, real, I mean, I, are you saying the road's not so bad right now, but you're getting you mega drop-offs?
2: Mega drop-offs on either side. You, there's no, no way you, you can, like, if your bike falls, it's it's falling for several, I don't know, 20, 20 stories. Mm. You know, it's not going to slide down the hill. It's going to drop like a like a helicopter.
1: How
0: fast are you going?
2: You, um, right now, I'm, I'm I'm going about 15 miles an hour.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm going straight up. And you're the I'm only one up. there.
0: Did, there's nobody else yeah, I'm around. I'm the
2: only you. one here. Nobody's around. Nobody's around.
0: Well, Brad, that is great. I, I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to let you concentrate on riding. And yeah, best of luck thanks, to you, Jen. And I'll be following you.
2: Awesome, and uh, congratulations on what you're doing with RAW. I really like the format. I really love the personalities you're going on on there. Uh, we don't miss an episode. Um, you're really doing awesome stuff, and it's it's awesome to be on uh, on Adventure Rider Radio with you.
0: Well, that was very cool. And speaking with Brad Barker from the Ride of My Life, well, he's actually on the Ride of His Life going through Colorado on the Trans America Adventure Trail. And by the way, you heard Brad talk about the product giveaway, the prize giveaway that he's doing. Well, here's the details on how to get something for free from him.
2: Yeah, so we are on the Trans America Trail and we're running the Trans America Challenge, where if you can find us, on the trail by going to therideofmylife.net. You can read about the contest, you can click the button Find Brad, and that will show you exactly where I am within 10 minutes. And if you can vector my location and run into me on the trail, take a picture of me and my brand new GS Rally by you, post it on Instagram, get 20 of your friends to like it, you can win a lot of really cool adventure gear from the sponsors that have been supporting the show for up to three years now.
0: And of course, that link will be in our show notes. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free. MaxBMW.com. That's M-A-X-B-M-W.com. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easier Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you're going to want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system and will inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio, made in the USA and comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as the MCM top pick in their recent compressor comparison. www.cyclepump.com Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using their unique strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. And that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com The Moto Breeze Chain Oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for Speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets, and forget about the messy spray oil. TripleW.MotoBreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. TripleW.MotoBreeze.com. That's up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and of course, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, of course, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much. Hey, if you like what we're doing, drop by the website, www.adventureriderradio.com think about clicking on the support button when you click on the support button there's a bunch of different ways you can do it and different rewards you get including stickers sent back at you but something that's really really important we have the patreon website that we've signed up for you can click on it the link is there the website on the support button uh, page And uh, that gives us monthly support. And that's really important because we can actually count on that. And we can spend more time worrying about producing content for the show rather than hunting down advertisers for it if we get enough support for it. So drop by the website, check out the support button. And if you're interested, help things out, keep the show going and better things for yourself as well as for us. Thanks very much for considering. Otherwise, you can download all of our episodes for free. You heard Brad mention the Raw show in there. The Raw show is also, it's a separate show. You need to subscribe separately through where you get um, any sort of podcast or iTunes uh, or maybe um, Google Play or whatever it is. You need to subscribe separately. Again, a free show. You can download it. All available on our website. Go there. You can listen to all the shows for free. And uh, send us your feedback. And don't forget to drop by our website, or not our website, our Facebook page, because it's important that you like our Facebook page. So if you haven't already, drop by the page, give it a like, Thanks very much. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. See you next week.
2: This is Scooter Trans Scotty uh, coming to you from Adventure Rider Radio.